The year 2022 was a year of caution for India's startup ecosystem. After the euphoria in 2021, funding dried for startups last year and focus for companies shifted to creating sustainable business models. However, startups did see a funding action and today we see uh, which were the sectors that braved the funding winter, uh, what were the other trends that followed in the startup ecosystem. Hello and welcome to PL Podcast. Today, we'll be discussing about the insights of PwC's startups report that encapsulates the year that went by for the startups. Joining me today is Amit Navka, partner at PwC's Deals Practice. Thank you so much for joining us, Amit. Thank you, Hari Priya, and it's great to be on your show. Great. To begin with, Amit, give us an insight. So we see in the report that startup funding has declined by 33% year on year in 2022. So how should we read into this? Is it because the last year saw an insane spike? Is this a healthy moderation for the sector? That's a very good point, Hari Priya. You know, 2022, that the year which went by, if you compare it to 21, you will definitely find a decline. But what we have, uh, you know, when we were uh, understanding these trends better, what we figured is that uh, the total funding amount in 2022 was at least two times the amounts that were raised in 2019 and 2020. That kind of leads us to, you know, delve deeper into what happened in 2021. You know, the large... Uh, fundraise amount of close to $35 billion in 21. And you know, what we figured is that coming out of COVID and with the pace of digitization, which was so high in 2021, and the public markets opening up, you know, that scenario is very difficult to replicate year on year when the pace of digitization is so high. And you know, the opening of public markets is so rapid. So it, you know, leads us to believe that 2021 was sort of an, um, an aberration. And, you know, Indian startup ecosystem was raising about 10 billion a quarter. Now, whether the sustainable in the long term, maybe yes, but some bit of moderation, which we're seeing right now was inevitable. On the second part of your question, which were the key sectors? Historically, you know, two sectors stand out, SaaS and FinTech. These two sectors has attracted most amount of capital uh, as well as most number of deals happening in this space, most number of unicorns coming out of this space. And very interestingly, we see two different stories. SaaS as a sector has actually grown in the amount of funds which it has attracted. You know, SaaS funding in 2022 grew by 20%. When overall market, there was a decline, but fintech was moderated. There was a decline in funding. But definitely SaaS and fintech stands out in the amounts of capital that was raised, the amount of companies that they are there. Um, but but it's like it says two different stories in terms of the total funding value. Amit, what was the uh, VC sentiment like last year? Uh, what is it that they were looking at? What were the value proposition and problem statements that they were interested in? When we look at the VC market, VC market, what you would generally attribute to a series A, series B company. See, they are looking for companies or, or things that is going to become big, uh, say tomorrow or day after. They, you know, have a longer investable time frame. They go at least invested in a company for seven years, uh, seven to eight years at the minimum. So in that time frame, they want to see areas and sectors that are, that are going to be big. Uh, so anything that is more future looking. So some of the more traditional sectors such as payments or such as lending in fintech. Uh, or for example, uh, you know, any other sector that has evolved, they would not invest as much in that sector, but something which is more innovative, something which uh, exploits the digital infrastructure, which India is building. I think those were the areas of focus. And that is across all, all sectors. You know, you can't say that, okay, this sector attracted more than the other. So 
the attractiveness at the early stage in the VC stage was consistent across. And if you have a look at the report, you know, you will find that the total funding by VCs in the Series A stage, that in fact grew by 12% in 2022 as compared to the previous year. So overall, there was a decline, but the VC ecosystem invested more money. So I think um, things look good. All right. You know, like look better for the VC ecosystem um, because they are sort of isolated from the market cycles. And, uh, you know, which which probably late stage companies are more, uh, you know, like face the heat more if the market cycles go, go in the negative way. Talking about sectors, uh, Amit, you mentioned fintech and SaaS. Uh, so one sector that saw a steep decline was edtech. The report states that it's uh, the funding there fell drastically by 54%. So uh, tell us a little bit about that. Give us an insight on what is it that the sector is facing. Would the edtech startups have to look at bringing in more innovation while maintaining business sustainability going forward in order to weather the situation? Where do you see this going? Like, I think edtech is quite peculiar because uh, you know edtech grew very, very rapidly uh, during COVID, uh, because of the, some of the very obvious things, right? You know, kids were at home, not going to school. You know, pro- working professionals were at home, looking uh, at ways to upskill themselves and you know be be job ready with newer skills. So some of the things came naturally during the pandemic, and those companies grew very rapidly and hence attracted capital very rapidly because they um, they were able to show the value proposition. Now, as pandemic is, you know, fading out in India, um, you know, like you find that some of these companies growth is also tapered and hence the attractiveness of that company was not probably as much as what it was, you know, during the pandemic. Uh, So I think the decline was inevitable, uh, you know, coming out of pandemic. And even when people were investing during the pandemic, they knew that it's, it's going to taper out. What funds are looking at edtech companies or say for matter any other startup at the moment is that you know, where is the profits coming from? How is the unit economics looking? Because in the at the early stage, you may fund a company, you know, which, which is still developing a product market fit, which was, you know, which is still figuring out what the optimum model will be. But right now it's about, are you unit economics positive? Are you profitable at the company level? Or are you showing a roadmap to profitability? If you're doing all of that, then, then funding comes in easy. I mean, you saw so many large funding rounds in the last one quarter itself, but those were companies which were having profits or showing clear paths to profitability. So in terms of the newer theme this year, definitely paths to profitability and stringent analysis of unit economics. Understood, Amit. Uh, talking about emerging sectors as well. So which are the newer sectors that are attracting funding? So the one thing I noticed in the report is that entertainment is a sector that has seen a little bit of traction last year. So is it only because of the daily hunt uh, fundraise or are there more startups coming up in that space? Entertainment as a sector, uh, you know, has definitely done well. And you have correctly pointed out that um, daily hunt is a primary reason because I think total funding out of that, more than half of it came into daily hunt. They did a very large round of close to 900 million last year, which is, you know, which has contributed to the growth in the whole entertainment sector. But but having said that, you know, what, what is coming out more rapidly, which is attracting a lot of VC interest is the whole EV space. When it comes to the entire ecosystem, when it, when it comes to you know looking at the infrastructure of EV, where it's looking at companies that are in the swapping space, in the battery swapping space, you know companies that are able to develop batteries that fit you know the riding habits of the Indian population. Uh, when it when it comes to um, improving the range, uh, how much a battery could give. 
um, or or even looking at innovative ways you know how can you think of you know like an electric vehicle as the as tomorrow's smartphone can you build business models around an electric vehicle around payments around fintech around insurtech so i think some of these things are uh, you know at the nascent stage and uh, and many many of the companies many of the vcs are are actively looking at the ev space even for us for the next 12 to 18 months you know we are seeing you know like a much bigger pipeline of deals that are happening in ev um, as compared to any time before when it comes to late stage and early stage startups we saw in the report that early stage startups uh, actually did well and had the this to raise money so and late stage actually saw a decline what is it that the early stage startups are looking at uh, and why is it there is increased traction there so like i mentioned you know uh, early stage startups you know the benefit of it that is that you know they they don't face the immediate cycles of the market so if there is a, talk, a tech stock correction you know that doesn't immediately come into the early stage like it still takes time because you know the entire um, uh, funding window or the investment window at the early stage is at least uh, you know like about 7 to 8 years uh, so i think that way the early stage remains more isolated what is very nice to see uh, is that you know the continuing growth in the early stage because that that shows that the indian startup ecosystem is growing uh you know if if i would have seen a trend where the late stage funding is dried up the early stage is also dried up then i would start to get worried like to see whether you know 2021 was a real aberration uh and 22 you know things have started to go down very rapidly but when you look at the data you see that uh, early stage funding continues to grow they will get into growth stage and late stage in the coming years and as the whole ecosystem grows and when we look at the entire startup ecosystem we find that there are more than 1800 startups that have at least raised a million dollars that's a very large base and if you compare it to a year ago then the the number was significantly lower coming to your point about the late stage is quite inevitable right i mean when the tech stocks get corrected world over funds that come into the late stage they need to have a clear visibility on when the exit would happen and if the tech stocks globally you know decline by 30 plus percent they will find it difficult to justify uh, that how they will make an upside if they invest a company at a high valuation so they would look at a correction you know like into a late stage funding round but unless the company is really desperate to raise capital you know a startup would probably defer the fundraising uh, you know event uh, at the late stage until the time the market's correct uh, and you have seen a decline at the late stage funding Amit, could you tell us a little bit about the mergers and acquisitions that happened last year? Where, where did that stand, and what drove those acquisitions? Was were they all IDET expansion, or how did that pan out? So the whole M and A environment, what was and what has what we have seen consistently is like the the, the whole e commerce and D two C space, uh, you know, sees a lot of M and A, uh, and which we have seen uh, in the like in the last year as well. About one fourth of all M and A's uh, done were in the D two C and e commerce space. um and that typically happens because you know you find a lot of funded companies in the d2c and e-commerce space that are able to grow very rapidly at the beginning but once they reach some scale of say uh, you know say 100 crores per annum you know they find it very difficult to scale after that you know unless they have got uh, you know a very rapid and a very strong pipeline of new product offerings you know a very clear multi-channel strategy so once they have reached some scale if they are unable to grow the most uh, you know commonly used uh, uh, 
you know, say practice is to look for an M&A. Uh, you know, they would um, they would look at um, you know getting acquired by a much larger company, maybe a competitor in the whole digital space, or even some of the traditional companies. Um, and in the last twelve months, you have seen many such acquisitions by some of the traditional companies. Uh, you know, uh, of of uh, of the digital you know, like of companies in the digital space. So I think that is one. But going forward, you know, if the funding winter, so to say, if it if it prolongs, you will find a lot more M&A, um, you know, because, because the funds are drying out, if the companies are unable to sustain, um, uh, you know, like their business without new funding, they would find it easier to actually get acquired by, you know, by somebody uh, who is uh, probably more funded and more adequately funded. And it is also makes sense for somebody, you know, who has got adequate capital to actually make that m because this will give them, you know, a company which is probably at a better valuation that they could have bought otherwise. Um, and also able to grow, uh, you know, like their market share, whether in terms of buying a competition or buying a very adjacent uh, product. So I think the whole e-commerce D2C, uh, D2C space is very interesting. Apart from that, we can look at the SaaS space, uh, you know, which has also done, uh, you know, like one fourth uh, of the total m and in the, you know, like in the last one year. Uh, SaaS actually would continue to do m and predominantly for new product acquisitions. Uh, if you are, a, if you're a SaaS player, if you're very good in one particular product, uh, and if you have a customer who you believe that you can upsell certain other products, you will look at a company that is available doing that product and can we go and acquire that product offering so that you can upsell to your? I think that has been the predominant theme uh, in in M and A's in the SaaS space. We saw in the report that the startups are still very concentrated on tier one cities like Bangalore, Delhi, NCR, Mumbai. So, do you uh, see this changing going forward? Have you seen any sort of traction from startups in say tier two and three cities? Yeah, so uh, we have been tracking this uh, aspect very closely. Um, you know, like you correctly said, Bangalore, NCR, and Mumbai are the top three cities. But outside of these three, we are finding Chennai, Pune, and Hyderabad also growing pretty rapidly. Uh, our, our analysis shows that, you know, close to 300 companies are located in these three cities, you know, funded startups. Um, and, and we find that many of these companies are slightly at an earlier stage, uh, as in the total funds raised would be uh, you know, say between A and B uh, series. Um, so, you know, some of these companies, when, once they become big, you know, you usually find that some of the CXOs come out of that company and they start their own outfit, like you have seen it in Bangalore, NCR and Mumbai. And, and once these CXOs come out and start their own company, then that ecosystem develops from there. Chennai, Pune and Hyderabad is for the future. There is activity going on there. And uh, we would closely watch these three cities. One interesting trend that we saw that, uh, you know, out of companies in Pune and Chennai, 50% of those startups there are in the SaaS space. So, so seems like SaaS is the favorite, uh, you know, sector, uh, you know, like of companies that are incorporated in, in these two cities. That's very interesting, Amit. Thank you so much for joining us today. Super. Thank you so much for having me.